And welcome back. I'm Bill English, the publisher here at Bible and Business. I want to thank you for joining me again today. Uh, I'm beginning another series uh, that's focused on the content in chapter four of my book, A Christian Theology of Business Ownership, an introduction for Christian entrepreneurs and what the Bible has to say about owning a business. Chapter four deals with partnerships, the sticky, difficult area of partnerships. And uh, in that chapter in the book, I go over nine elements that build healthy partnerships and uh, the six elements that kill uh, healthy partnerships. In this video series, I'm actually going to add a 10th element to building healthy partnerships, and that's listed at the bottom here, chemistry. So I've been able to take all these healthy elements and make them C words, so to speak, uh, Christianity, character, communication, compatibility, culture, commitment, compensation, conflict, competence, and chemistry. And in the coming videos in this series, I'm going to deal with each of these elements individually. And then uh, after that, I will, in the same series here, after that, I will go over the six A's uh, that, that kill healthy partnerships, uh, abuse, affairs, uh, addictions, apathy, arrogance, and so, so on and so forth. But I'll have a different slide for that at the right time. But before we get going, I'd like to invite you to head over to BibleAndBusiness.com, which is my uh, website. And it's also a resource center for Christians who own businesses. I'd love to see you go over there and take advantage of the articles and the podcasts and some of the tools that we have available for download over at BibleAndBusiness.com. And while you're there, if you would, please subscribe to my newsletter. That way I can stay in touch with you and you can stay up to date about what I'm doing here at BibleAndBusiness.com. So let's go ahead and get going on the 10 elements that are needed to create healthy partnerships. And as we go through each of these 10, I want you to know something, that if you're missing any one of them in your partnership, you probably can thrive okay, but it's going to introduce some additional complexities. Uh, if you're missing any two of them, you will find that you're going to be in a difficult partnership. So just uh, think, think about this for just a moment with me, if you would. Uh, look at Christianity, character, communication, compatibility, culture, commitment, compensation, conflict. In other words, the ability to resolve conflict, actually. Competence and chemistry. If you're missing any two of these, just pick any two. Your partnership's going to be difficult. So, for example, if you don't have good communication and you don't have good comp you know, commitment, it's going to be a difficult partner partnership right? Uh, if you don't have a good culture or if you're not able to resolve conflict, it's going to be a difficult partnership. If you don't have good chemistry and there isn't a lot of competence in your partnership, it's probably not going to work very well. If you both are Christians, but maybe you're kind of new Christians and uh, you don't have a lot of maturity in the Lord, so maybe you lack some character and maybe you guys are just learning that, that you're not really compatible, it's going to really be difficult to have a good partnership. So when I say that if you're missing any two of them, you'll find it to be a difficult partnership. That's what I'm talking about. Frankly, if you're missing three or more, I'd say don't even try. The partnership will at some point fail. So if you're missing 
uh, character, if you're missing good communication, if, if you guys just aren't compatible, maybe in terms of what you want out of the business or what you want out of the partnership, uh, if, you're, if the compensation is off base and one of you is compensated way more than the other and there's no apparent reason why that should be. I'm not, by the way, I'm not a big fan of partners always being compensated the same amount, uh, but there has to be reasons for differences in compensation. If you guys can't resolve conflict, if there's an imbalance in chemistry or, uh, or an imbalance in competence, maybe one of you is highly competent and the other one is not. Uh, really, if you're just missing any one of these three elements, then I'm just going to suggest that it, it really becomes difficult for the partnership to work. And so I'm just going to say, don't even try. Just walk away. Find a different way to do your business or find a different way to have a governance structure uh, to your business. So let's take a look then at this first element and it, and we're going to I call it Christianity but it's really about faith and alignment of faith uh, in the partnership. So I'm going to start out by making uh, five points right off the bat here. First of all, I think it's best, but I don't think it's required to form a partnership with someone who has a covenant relationship with God and you're going to see why here in just a little bit. Uh, and the reason for that is because many, many partnerships in business are not clean two-person entities where both know the Lord, both are committed to him, they both go to the same church, you know, they both have a very similar faith. Most partnerships are not like that. And I think requiring your business partner to have similar theological beliefs, while that may be preferred, I don't think it's necessary in my view, and I don't think the scriptures require it. And we're going to see why here as, as we go through this video. Uh, those with whom we have theological differences might make great business partners. This is really the other side of the previous point. Requiring your business partners to have similar theological beliefs I don't think is is required and I don't think it's absolutely necessary, although they do have to have similar values, right? Uh, and that's, so the, so the fourth point states just from the other side. They don't have to have theological unanimity in order to make great business partners. In other words, there can be theological differences between the partners and they can still be great business partners. And let's remember that we're not forming a new church. We're not getting married. We're forming a business relationship, and that business relationship is probably as much contractual as it is covenantal, and we'll take a look at that here in just a minute as well. Now, I do think that discernment is going to be needed here. Uh, so I don't think that we're going to be able to say, if others are not Christians in the partnership, then you can't join that partnership. Uh, although I will suggest that the fewer the number of partners in the business, the more important alignment on values and all of the other elements that build healthy partnerships is going to be necessary. There's a lot of accounting firms, a lot of legal firms, a lot of uh, uh, firms that do financial planning where they have tens and, and in some cases hundreds of partners. It's really unrealistic for Christians to go into a partnership and to say, in all cases, all partners must be Christians. I just don't, I just don't think the Bible supports that, and I don't think that that's good discernment on our part. It would mean that we would be prohibiting Christians, 
Christian attorneys, for example, joining partnerships with several hundred partners, or uh, Christian accountants and CPAs uh, joining uh, accounting firms with several hundred partnerships. To me, that just isn't realistic, and it, it, it removes an area of business where we can be salt and light. So I would prefer uh, that we really have discernment in this area and not have a hard and fast rule on the other partners being Christians in order for us to join a partnership. And part of the reason for that is because the partnership is a legal entity, not a covenantal entity. They are, partnerships are contractual. They're not covenantal. Even though they may have a covenantal flavor to them, they are a legal relationship that necessarily is going to be time limited. And I'll talk about that time piece here in a little bit. Um, it's really a legal relationship. And so I think it's wrong to say that a business partnership is covenantal, similar to our marriages or similar to our relationship with God. Uh, partnerships, you get into them and you get out of them. And I don't think there's any sin getting into them per se. And I don't think there's any sin getting out of them per se. Whereas I would say that once you're in a marriage, to get out of it, more than likely there's sin involved. Um, and certainly to leave your covenantal relationship with God, that's certainly sin. So I don't put a business partnership on the same level as a marriage or as, a, uh, or as our relationship with God. And so I'm really answering this question, what about being unequally yoked? I've had some people say to me, well, Bill, the Bible tells us not to be unequally yoked with unbelievers, and they apply it uh, to business partnerships. You know, um, let's just read this passage together from 2 Corinthians. Do not be yoked together with unbelievers. And by the way, after we read this, I'll make some comments here. So do not be yoked together with unbelievers. For what do righteousness and wickedness have in common? What fellowship can light have with darkness? What harmony is there between Christ and Belial? Or what does a believer have in common with an unbeliever? What agreement is there between the temple of God and idols? And I, obviously in all of these questions, Paul's implied answer is there is nothing in common. There is no harmony. The, you know, He's pointing out obvious areas where there's going to be natural and permanent discord. As God has said, I will live with them and walk among them and I will be their God and they will be my people. Therefore, come out from them and be separate, says the Lord. Touch no unclean thing, and I will receive you. The phrase unequally yoked here in the, in the Greek means to avoid becoming mismatched with someone through forming an intimate relationship or a close association that is both imbalanced and is difficult to exit. And I go over this much more fully in my book, A Christian Theology of Business Ownership. I really dive into kind of the underpinnings, the theology, and the, and the language on this. But the concept comes from yoking one animal to another of, uh, that are really animals of different kinds. And that difference in kindness would cause an imbalance that would render the yoking unfruitfulness. So let's just look at that picture. There you have two similar animals. They can't get out of the yoke, but they're similar. So they should be able to pull a similar weight, have similar levels of competency. They should be able to get along okay, those kinds of things. Yeah, met metaphorically, if you were to put an accountant in one yoke 
and a lawyer in another, uh, unless they had really clear expectations on who their customers were and and uh, and what kind of work each one was going to do, I think it would be difficult for them to be in a partnership. Now, I have seen partnerships, professional partnerships, where they have different skill sets. I happen to be in one right now at the Platinum Group. Uh, the partnership that I'm in, we have lawyers, we have accountants, we have investment bankers. I happen to be the only psychologist there. Uh, and But all of us have owned businesses at one time or another. And so I think it's helpful for us to to recognize that that what we are really after here is the concept of of balance and similarity and making sure that we're not mismatched in some significant way that would cause the partnership uh, to go bad or that would cause the yoke uh, and that pair to not work out well. And again, I'm going to come back to this in the third point. Because the partnerships are primarily contractual in nature, I think Christians should look at their business partnership through the lens of ensuring that their close associations do not hinder their covenant relationship with God or fulfilling their stewardship responsibilities to him. It just seems to me that, um, that our ability to fulfill our covenant relationship to God is primary over everything else and that our partnership should not get in the way of that. And so I just listed some red flags here. If you're considering getting into a partnership, look, if the partnership is producing a product or service that is sinful, that's obviously a red flag. If, the par if joining the partnership will cause you to sin, uh, that's going to be a red flag. If it makes it difficult to be faithful to God because they're demanding such allegiance within the partnership, then I think that might be a red flag for you. Any partnership that would keep you from pursuing your stewardship responsibilities or placing limits on fulfilling God's call on your life uh, would be a partnership that you probably would want to uh, get out of. And again, partners who demand the business become the most important priority in your life, I think that would be a red flag too. We went over some red flags. Here are some elements that I think need to be in every partnership. Uh, you need to have a written, legally binding agreement with a clear and fair process to get into the partnership and a clear and fair process to exit the partnership. And it should not be onerous either way. If it's really onerous getting in, then it's going to be onerous getting out. So, for example, if it's going to cost you, you know, 300000 to join the partnership, and when you want to leave, they got to come up with 300000 or 400 or 500 or whatever the value of your uh, units are at that time, um, then, then it's going to be more difficult to leave. Um, you want to have partners and you want to have an agreement who will not hinder your covenant relationship with God. We've already talked about that. And again, make sure that your products and services pass biblical muster, that they don't cause others to sin, they don't cause your, your customers to sin, they don't cause you to sin, and you can look literally God in the face and say, you know, my partnership uh, did not cause me to sin or cause others to sin. There's also some undeniable truths that we have to realize about partnerships. And this is especially true in family businesses. Partners change over time. They just do. We all do. Hopefully we're all changing. God is working on our sanctification. We're becoming more and more like him all the time, right? Uh, but um, count on your partner changing, count on you changing. And that's why it's a legal agreement. It's not a, gov uh, a covenant like marriage, where we say in marriage, till death do you part, I will be with you. 
We don't say that in business partnerships. Uh, so because the partners change over time, the nature and the quality of the partnerships change over time. So I want to go back to the first slide here real quick and just look at this list again. These things over time, these 10 elements over time are going to change. It's not that they might change. It's that they will change. And that's why in your partnership, you have to have written ways to get in and out. And you have to realize that partnerships always end. There's always an end to a business partnership. They never last forever. And so if you're not delivering uh, what you committed to deliver to the partnership and to the business, when it comes time for you to either choose not to deliver those things or you can't deliver them anymore, uh, then it's time for you to get out. And you need to have the, the uh, intestinal fortitude and frankly, the ethical backbone, the character to say, you know, it's time for me to leave. Uh, this is one of the biggest problems in family businesses is when the founders get to a certain age, they're really not providing the same value that they did, but they still want to maintain control. And ethically, I think there's a real problem with that. I think there's a real problem with partners who are aging and who are getting, you know, they're slowing down, naturally so, and understandably so, but they're not providing the same value that they used to provide, and yet they expect to have the same control and the same pay and the same compensation and all that just doesn't seem fair to the other partners or the other family members in my book. Uh, so let's remember that partners change over time. Partnerships by default then change over time and partnerships always end. So here's our review for today. <laughs> uh, it's preferred that you have partnerships with Christians, but it's not required. I don't think the scriptures require it. Although as a Christian business owner, I'd rather be in business with Christians. Uh, who know the Lord and love the Lord than those who are not. I think it's more difficult to be in business uh, with a bunch of people who are not Christians. All partnerships end, so each partner should be legally protected. Uh, all partners change over time, therefore all partnerships change over time. And uh, certainly when looking at getting into or out of uh, a partnership, consider the other nine elements besides this element. Consider all ten before entering or exiting a partnership. Now, in my next episode, we're going to look at the second C and we're going to look at character and how character, good character helps build healthy partnerships and bad character really helps tear down partnerships. And so uh, I hope you'll join me for that. And I hope you'll really join me for this whole series on the elements that uh, build healthy partnerships and the elements that tear them down. I'm Bill English, the publisher here at Bible and Business. I want to thank you for joining me today. Uh, I hope you go out and make it a great day. Take care.